Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, you radio audience with the Master Key. I pray that your noonday is awesome and powerful and dynamic. I know it is because you serve an also dynamic, awesome, powerful, magniloquent, grandiloquent, uh, all those other superlatives uh, that we cannot even describe how awesome and great and powerful and mighty uh, God is. And the Bible says in First John, as he is, so are we in this world. So all of those awesome pronouns that I just na- uh, uh, declared, that's who you are. You are awesome. You are dynamic. You are glorious. You are powerful because that's how your God is. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Well, after your image and after your likeness? Well, what is the image of God? What is the likeness of God? Well, when we study the word of the Lord, we know that he is the self-existing God. We were made in the image and the likeness of the self-existing God. We know that he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who is our source, our provider. So he is a provider. You were made in the image and the likeness of a provider. He, the Bible let us know he's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the all-breasty one, the one that is more than enough. You were made in the image and the likeness of El Shaddai. The Bible let us know that he is Jehovah Tisikninu, Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord God, our righteousness, the Lord God, our holiness. You were made in the image and the likeness of righteousness. You were made in the image and the likeness of holiness. Shall I continue to go on? He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. You was made in the image and the likeness of divine health. Let's go ahead and say that, if you will. I am made in the image and the likeness of divine health. One more time. I am made in the image and the likeness of divine health. God says the silver is mine, the gold is mine, the cattle on a thousand hill is mine. The wealth of this realm belongs to God. He created it all. So you are made in the image and the likeness of wealth. Really, you go beyond wealth, matter of fact, because if he's the creator of it, you are greater than wealth. You're made in the image and the likeness of the one that created it, so you are greater than. The creator is always greater than his creation. When people that know art and they uh, uh, um, can look at a, a Monet or whatever, when they know art, They look at the art, but they trace the art back to the one that created the art, painted the art, sculptured the art. The art doesn't receive the glory, but the one that creates it receives glory. You was made in the image and the likeness of glory. You was made in the image and the likeness of splendor. That's who you are. I don't care what you think about yourself. Jesus made a statement, uh, uh, the Spirit of God spoke through Paul. He was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, if you don't believe, he cannot deny himself. If you don't believe you are made in the image of likeness of him, it don't change the fact that he is God. Jesus is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is God in the earth realm. That's in the book of Timothy. You want to find reference to that. If you don't believe, he cannot deny himself. The scripture let us know without faith is impossible to please him. And whatever is not of faith is sin, the scripture says. Whatever is not of faith is sin. 
So are you in sin today? Am I in sin today? Because I refuse to believe that I'm made in the image of glory. I'm made in the image and the likeness of splendor. I'm made in the image and the likeness of divine health. I'm made in the image of the likeness of, of divine holiness and righteousness. He can't deny himself. Then why are you going to deny yourself? This is who you are. You are made in image. See, I'm going to tell you what, what the problem is. The problem is that you're measuring yourself. And the scripture says, he that measures himself among yourself is not wise. You have already failed. When you begin to measure yourself with creation, why would you bring yourself down to the level of creation when you're made in the image and the likeness of the creator? That means you're greater than every created thing upon this earth. You're greater than the sun. You're greater than the moon. You're greater than the, the constellations. You're greater than the, uh, the ocean that you swim in, those that like to swim. And those of you that uh, has joined us in this radio audience, you may be up north, you know, but it's, it's warm here. So we people on the beach here. Made an image of the likeness of the ocean. I'm going to say, you're not made an image, you're greater than the ocean. You're made an image of the likeness of the him who created the ocean. You're made in the image and the likeness of him who created the gold, the silver, the precious stones. You're made in the image of the likeness. You're greater. You're greater than the money that you uh, have possession of. You're greater than. And this is the point that Jesus uh, uh, tried to articulate to the people in his day when he came and, and brought about the kingdom of God, preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom. Let us know it's, it's, it's a new realm that has come to you. It's a new dimension that has come to you. And I'm introducing this new dimension to you. I'm introducing this new realm to you. It's the realm of heaven. I have brought heaven down. And to show you, if you join my kingdom, if you become a part of my kingdom, I'm going to demonstrate to you how you are to live upon the face of the earth. I'm going to show you how creation must bow to you. You was not made in the image and the likeness of creation. You was made in the image and the likeness of your creator. You are to function. This Saturday segment is set aside for prayer, intercession, warfare, and the supernatural. Do you not understand that's all the thing prayer really is? Prayer is engaging the supernatural. That's all it is. Prayer is uh, your, your heart, your mind, your being is connecting with the God of creation to discover his heart and his mind and to articulate it because God is in heaven. You are on earth, but you have a human spirit that is born again that connects you with heaven. The, the most beautiful and wonderful thing about you that you need to understand is this right here. You live in two, two worlds. And you have access to two worlds. I don't want to say you live in two worlds, but you have access to two worlds. Your physical body keeps you to, uh, locks you into this realm, but your spirit that is born again connects you to the realm of God. It connects you to heaven. It connects me to heaven. It connects me to the angelic host. It connects me to the Father. It connects me to his throne. It connects me to a whole nother realm. Your recreated human spirit, your born-again human spirit, connects you to the realm of God. While you're living on earth, which your physical body keeps you here, and as we begin to understand that you are made in the image and the likeness, uh, not of the creation, but of the creator. It's the creator, uh, the creative part of you that lives in the creation part of you. Your body is the creation part of you, but you have this human spirit that really came from God. Everybody's human spirit came from That's the witches, the warlocks, or whoever the case may be. It doesn't matter. It came from God. They don't have the power to create nothing. Absolutely nothing. But he takes advantage of man's ignorance and manipulates them. He won't access to that spirit. So if he has access to the human spirit, then he know then he can use that person as a pawn, as an instrument and a channel to birth into the creative realm what he wants to happen here, which comes from his realm, which is a supernatural realm as well, which is the second heaven God uh, dwells in the um, 
first heaven and we have the third heaven which is our sky that is above us. You are made in the image and the likeness. Do not focus on your creation. And every time you and I submit to this realm, what we do, we bring ourselves subject and bondage to this realm under the manipulation and the control of this realm. And who controls this realm? The Bible says Satan is the God of this world. But it's our responsibility to reconcile, the, to reconcile what God created in this world back to him. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 5.18, it was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He has given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. It is our job to bring everything back in harmony to the Lord, and the Lord will bring it back in harmony to the Father. That's what spiritual warfare is all about, not prayer. Spiritual warfare is about it's, it's when something chaotic is going on. And one of the most beautiful things that ever can happen to you and I, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, chaos and confusion. You say, how in the world could chaos and confusion uh, be a good thing? <clears throat> Excuse me, to be a good thing. Because I give you and I an opportunity to take what the enemy is trying to manipulate, what the enemy is trying to distill, what the enemy is trying to kill, what the enemy is trying to destroy. It's, it's up to you and I to rise up with the ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. And how do you use the word of reconciliation? Through prayer, through intercession, through warfare, through decoration, through decrees. Everything coming out of your mouth, if you and I was made in the image and the likeness of our God, then you and I was created to function just like our God function. Second, uh, not second Corinthians, Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the world was created by the word of God. So things which are seen is made out of things which is not seen. So if there's anything that is going on that is chaotic, there is an unseen element that is manipulating it. Always understand that. It is an unseen element that is manipulating it. If it's your spouse, if it's your children, because we know the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. And if there is confusion going on, do not look at the manifestation of confusion, but look at the source of the confusion. Look at what's manipulating the manifestation. See, when you yield to the manifestation, it reveals that you are more natural than you are spiritual. You are yielding to your creation, and you are not submitted to the creative part of you, that, uh, 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 not the creative part of the creation, no, I'm only going to use the creation, but the source of your creation, which is God in you. God in you. So that's how the enemy operates, ladies and gentlemen. But what happens, we see things going on, and what happens when you and I enter into anxiety, we enter into worry, we enter into uh, 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 frustration and aggravation, some frustration is good. I was sharing that on Wednesday night. But uh, frustration, aggravation. When we begin to enter those things, um, it is this, it, it's, a, it's nothing but a revelation that this realm has more of an influence upon me than the realm of God. Than the realm of God. So, so what you and I have to do, ladies and gentlemen, when these things start stirring up, and, and I seem like I experience something almost every week. I don't know about you. It just seems like something. Something happens almost every week. What is God doing? He's keeping me sharp. Oh, I'll put it this way. He desired to keep me sharp. He desired to keep me sharp. But how does he keep me sharp? It's just like anything. If you don't use the thing, you're going to lose the thing. You ever heard that was saying? Whatever you don't use, you're going to lose. That, that, that's for real. If you stop, if you put your hand in a sling and don't use it for a month, when you take your hand out of that sling, your hand is going to be, or your arm, is going to be weak. It's going to be weak. If you're right-handed and you put your right arm in a sling and don't use it for a month, and you try to use your right arm, if you're right-handed, your left hand or arm will be stronger than your right. Why? Because of a lack of use. A lack of use. When you don't use a thing, you lose a thing. So therefore, God, in his infinite wisdom, tried to keep you and I sharp, sharp and proficient. How does he keep us? By things that is going on, he allowed things to happen to you and I. For you and I to exercise the word of the living God. Not preaching it, not teaching it, not confessing it, but speaking, decreeing, declaring, and walking. By walking, 
doing. And what happened? You begin to subdue. You begin to bring subject this realm that the enemy been trying to manipulate and against you. Other words, when you and I speak, when you and I do, we release the, uh, the Holy Spirit. We release the Lordship of Christ uh, uh, over that thing. That thing will be subdued. How do you think Jesus was able to walk on the water? And that's our problem. We don't see ourselves um, in the light of Christ. First John clearly tells us um, that as he is, so are we. It didn't say as he is, so we're going to be. It didn't say that. He said, as he is, so are we in this world. Now, not tomorrow, now, as he is. But the, the most beautiful thing about that, ladies and gentlemen, if you think about it, is that as he is. Now, John wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Christ today is greater than the Christ that was on the face of the earth with the uh, disciples. So as he is. And he as he was. And he as he's going to be. Because he really can't be anything else than he is right now. But he said, we, we, we are greater. We have it greater than the apostles and the disciples had it when they was with Jesus, before Jesus died. It's as he was, as he is. Why? Because he is glorified now. He is the glorified Christ. He is the victorious Christ. He is the conquering Christ. He is the overcoming Christ. Now, Jesus had already defeated Satan before the foundation of the world, but it wasn't manifested. He had to actually be, uh, 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 be born of a virgin. He had to actually uh, die on Calvary's cross. He had to actually, practically, be risen from the dead on the third day and ascended on high and now sits on the right hand of the Father. That has taken place. So therefore, as he is, so are we. Well, he is victorious, so are we. He is more than a conqueror, so are we. He is an overcomer, so are we. Not going to be right now. Whatever you and I have been challenged with, we got to release the kingdom of God in the midst of that thing. So Jesus demonstrated that, walking on the water. So therefore, he's, what Jesus did, he was revealing them. What Adam should have been, how Adam should have been living, he lived it out. This is how the first man, Adam, should have handled every circumstance and situation. Because the first man, Adam, was made in the image and the likeness of God. I'm the second man, Adam. I come from God. I am in the image and the likeness of God. Jesus, Philippians says, uh, uh, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross. Humbled himself. So that's who you are. Great man of God, great woman of God. So, but we got to understand the purpose of, of, of prayer, intercession, and warfare. Prayer is your, communi your communication with you, your ability to dialogue with him. Prayer is not monologue. Prayer is not you doing all the talking, you don't give him a chance to talk back to you. That's where a lot of people are so frustrated with their uh, prayer life uh, because there is no life. You have no life. It's not monologue. Think about it. You don't talk to your boss like that. You don't talk to your spouse like that. You don't talk to your children like that. There's dialogue that's going back. You you speak, ask a question, and then you expect an answer back. So you're going back and forth in dialoguing. That is prayer, and that's how your relationship would be. Commute, speak to him. Stop, wait, and let him talk back to you. He talks back many ways. He speaks through the word of the Lord. He speaks to your human spirit, uh, but your mind sometimes unfruitful. You just wait until your mind becomes fruit fruitful. That's how I speak. And the voice of the Lord is internal, it's not external. Now, there are people that hear the voice of the Lord external, but usually the voice of the Lord, you will hear it to be internal. Uh, he speaks by vision. He speaks by vision. Other words, uh, as you're communicating with him, you will probably you can start having mental pictures. You start seeing things from a mental perspective. That's a commune. All of this is in the realm of God. It's not in this realm. It is your spirit man that is activated uh, and is influenced in your soul. It's influenced in your soul. And so this is what uh, 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 intercession or warfare is, or even prayer. So what you're seeing, what you're hearing, you're speaking it out into this realm. What you're seeing, what you're hearing, you're speaking it out into this realm. 
And as you're speaking out what you see in here in this realm, the Bible says in Psalms, uh, I think 103, verse 20, how the angels of God excel in strength, uh, hearkening unto the voice of uh, God's word. So therefore, when you articulate in what you see or hear, it releases the angels to go forth in great strength and great power, great authority, to execute what you have seen by the Spirit of God, what you've heard by the Spirit of the living God. You may not see it happening, but you've got to know that it is done. Understanding the order of God. Understand how God functions. Understand how God operates, ladies and gentlemen. You and I, listen to me, you and I have an obligation and a responsibility unto the Lord to, to execute his heart and his mind in the earth realm. That's our responsibility. But one of the reasons we see so much stuff happening in the earth is because we don't know how to execute our assignment. And a lot of us don't even know what our assignment is. I was sharing some uh, some things um, uh, with the I was on a two day consecration on uh, on this week Monday and Tuesday the one before the Lord uh, I, I, I began to sense of frustration and I was sharing with them on Wednesday night in the Bible study that that frustration many times we think it's the devil but many times frustration is nothing but a signal to let you know that I want to do something that is that that is you you're not doing at this time it's, it's we look at it as negative. It, are you feeling frustrated about something at this present time? It may be God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention. You may be walking down a road uh, and you got off track and don't even know you're off track. And God's trying to get you on another road. Or, or, or your frustration may be because your season is up in the dimension that you've been living in. I didn't experience that. Frustrated. Uh, 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 getting into the word of God, how many have begun into the word of the Lord, and you get nothing out of the word, get nothing out of the word. That's one of two things happen. One of them, usually, this is the main thing, when you get into the word of the Lord and you're not getting anything out of the word, it's because you have, you're not walking out or have not attempted to apply what God has spoke to you previously. We, something else. we want more, 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 and haven't did absolutely nothing. And so frustration says, I don't understand why you're not speaking to me. He said, I already spoke. You haven't, did, you haven't did what I told you to do. And you want me to continue to speak. What am I going to say? Only thing I can say is the same old thing I've been saying. And then we get excited when people come in and confirm what God said. Somebody come in and confirm three, four, five times something that God spoke to you ten years ago. You say, oh, man, I got another confirmation. I got another confirmation. And you think that is spiritual, but you don't understand that it's an indictment against you. That you're disobedient. Why do I got to come to have somebody speak the same old thing to you over and over and over? If you were doing what God told you to do, then they they'll be speaking something fresh and new into your life. Are you getting this? So, so, so when we're not getting, when frustration comes, when we're reading the word of the Lord, it's because we have not moved. We haven't, haven't did anything. We have not obeyed. We have not executed the previous 10,000 words that he's given unto us. This is how it works. So what happens is this right here. So frustration is nothing but a signal. Nothing but a signal. Something is wrong. And, and everything on the outside can be going well. Everything on the outside can be looking wonderful. But you know something is wrong on the inside of you. I know, I, I can tell with my spouse, I can tell with my children. And see, this, and many times God is allowing that, is, let, let you see something. <laughs> your faith better be in me. Your trust better be in me. You never can trust who is not willing to be transparent. Then you have nothing. So frustration comes because when things is not in alignment, you know things is not in alignment, and you're waiting on things to get in alignment. Or God is trying to shift you in uh, uh, shift you in your prayer life, shift you in your study life, shift you in your relational life, shift you in different things. He's trying to get your attention. Because the goal is to birth in the will of God into the earth realm. To birth in the will of God into the earth realm. So you've got to understand you and I are nothing but instruments and channels into the hands of God to execute his will in the earth realm. And and that means like, that can mean anything. That can mean anything. He can he can he can be allowing frustration as well. To get you to move to another dimension. Other than give you an example. Uh, uh, you may be married. And you may be experiencing frustration in your marriage. 
you looking at your spouse, your spouse looking at you. But what God is trying to do, he's trying to get both of y'all to shift and to grow up and to mature. How do you mature? You mature, ladies and develop in the midst of frustration, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of things that's taking place. But you will not stop and you will not quit. You will not lose heart. You will not faint. You will not turn coward. You will not give up. But you're going to stand your ground on the unadulterated, infallible word of God. And say, God, I stand on your word. I'm going to hold on like Job said until change takes place. And you are the God of change. I'm not going to move off of your word. That can be anything. That can be you as a pastor concerning your congregation, you as a husband concerning your spouse and your children, you as parents concerning your children, you as a businessman concerning your business. You're not going to move. In the midst of hell that's coming against you, you are articulating the heart of God. You are speaking the word of the Lord. You are speaking the word of the Lord, and you are standing. And sometimes people do more speaking than they do standing. They're speaking, trying to convince themselves. No, you speak because you are convinced. I'm going to say it again. Many people say things and confess things to try to convince themselves. Don't you understand that's doubt and unbelief and you're already damned and you're not going anywhere? No, I speak because I am convinced. I speak because I am convinced I'm a man of God. I speak. Because I am convinced I am the husband that the God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I speak because I am convinced that I am the father that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. Now, in the midst of you saying that if you fail, then did you lie? Absolutely not. I'm still, I am as he is. I am as he is. I am. If I got manipulated, I got tripped up, I am. By the mere fact you get back up, it's a revelation. You believe that you are. You are the woman of God. You are the man of God. That the Father has ordained a point in an to be. And that's the devil's job to begin to bombard you. I was speaking with one of my spiritual sons, and he was telling me about one of his members uh, uh, in his church um, uh, uh, that had missed it, missed God. And, and they haven't came back to the church, but they, co- they commune uh, with, with, uh, with, uh, with them. And... Uh, and and they were sharing with me about a message they heard me minister. Uh, he said he didn't even know he had it on, on his, uh, his phone. Um, I ministered at a conference uh, years ago. Uh, the church, uh, I forgot how to put that message. Was. I think the church, the executive of God, something like that. But anyway, it was talking about, I was bringing out using this uh, teaching on the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, uh, back then, and how God have not imputed our sins uh, to us, but has delivered unto us the ministry of reconciliation. And he said, end up with the message, we're talking about how you and I, we impute people's sins uh, to them and not using the ministry of reconciliation. Now, as I'm saying this, I know some of you are going to probably take this and try to run with it, because, uh, because I'm telling you who, 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 who will try to take this and run with it. People that's operating under condemnation and shame at this present time. And see, when you are spiritual, please listen to me. When you are spiritually inclined and in tune, you can always be challenged and don't be condemned because you know who you are. You can, somebody can always challenge you where you located, and you will get a spiritual appraisal of what they're saying. Immature and carnal people, when you challenge them with something they have done or said, what they usually do, they automatically enter into, they think, well, why he's condemning me on my sin? Uh, why are you doing this right here? I, I, I get this foolish. Not, not from everybody, but I do deal with some mature people. And matter of fact, this one particular spiritual son I'm talking about, every time I address him and bring correction to him, I never get that foolishness. He always, you know, uh, he said, man, God, I really want to thank you for not allowing me to get away with anything. I want to thank you for, for always challenging me. He said, don't always feel good, to, but I know you love me. That's maturity. That's maturity. I never flowed that way with my, uh, oh, why are you always, now, I can't say never when I first came uh, here. Uh, 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 Damon, go do, do that. I got people that have been, say, 50 years, and, and it's amazing. But when somebody's speaking into their life, they, 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 they're in a state, in a disposition of humility. When you're in a state of humility, ladies and gentlemen, you always see everything coming from God. You see everything coming from God when you, when you walk in a state of humility. But pride can never see anything coming from God when it's challenging itself. 
when it's being challenged. Pride. Why, why are you picking on me? Uh, 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 you don't love me. That's pride. That's a carnal individual, and they're full of pride, and you can never help a person like that, and they can never get anywhere in life like that. But humility sees everything coming from God. Humility sees every correction coming from God, every circumstance coming from God. It sees God because humility understands that God is my old, my God is my source. And, and, and whatever's transpired is God. And if God don't want it to happen, it will not happen. I believe God. I trust God. So your warfare will always be contingent upon your level of humility, ladies and gentlemen. Because your heart has been given over and turned over to God. But the Bible says, as he is, so are you. As he is, so are you. Now, you've got to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. Even though you and I have a born-again spirit, but we still have a dual nature. We have a dual nature. We have the nature of the Adamic and the nature of, uh, uh, of God living on the inside of us. So, therefore, it's whoever you and I partake of, as Peter said in the word of the Lord. Uh, Peter talked about being partakers of the divine nature of God, but it was Paul that actually said in Romans chapter 6, uh, that uh, know who you yield yourself servant to obey. But let's get back to the principle, uh, the principle of your existence, the principle of warfare, the principle of intercession, the principle of the supernatural. You got the supernatural living in your natural, and it's your job and my job to bring the natural subject uh, to its original creator, its original owner. Who is the original owner of all things? God. Who is the who is an original creator, but one creator? But who is the creator of all things? God himself. You and I was born again to, to, uh, to fulfill the purpose of God. The purpose of God is not getting a house and getting a car. It's bringing everybody and everything back subject to its original owner and creator. So when God allowed things, allowed things to happen, he's keeping you and I sharp. He's training us some. Do you believe that God can even train you in the midst of your failure? Do you believe God can train you in the midst of your mistake? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why the scripture says he would take what the enemy meant for evil, shift and turn it around for good. You gotta get this. You gotta get this. See, to walk to walk to walk even in forgiveness is by faith. To walk in forgiveness is by faith and it's eleven major warfare. It's eleven major warfare. Because how many of you all uh, 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 besides me, have ever missed God and didn't feel forgiven. The moment you sin and miss God, you don't feel forgiven. But are you forgiven if you ask God to forgive you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you got to still walk that thing out. And that's, and that's where the manipulation where people come in at, well, I'm forgiven, and turn around and do the same old thing. Over and over and over and over and over. You know why? Because they focus on the forgiveness part and not the fruit-bearing part. So they say, as long as I'm forgiven, I'm okay. No. No, you got to go beyond just being forgiven. Forgiven is the initial state. It puts you back in a place where you can now grow. You can now go beyond what you where you were. You can go beyond what manipulated you. You can go beyond what tricked you. If you just focus on, I'm forgiven. But don't focus on subduing and conquering and defeating. And when I mean by defeat, exercising Christ, victory over that thing, you're going to do it over and over and over and over and over. Why, God forgave me. I'm forgiven. Yes, he forgave you. He's forgiven you. Forgiveness is, ladies and gentlemen, is putting you back in relationship. That's all. But you got to grow in the relationship. It's accepting you back in relationship. If we don't understand, get these fundamentals down, the enemy is going to continue to manipulate us, and we will not be able to flow supernaturally. And that's why people can be saved 50 years and never go in a relationship with the Lord God. Forgiveness, uh, it's amazing. I'm back on this forgiveness thing that the Lord dealt with uh, last week. And, and, and um, somebody just came to me, I think it was my daughter this morning, which shares the principles with me, one, one of them. But anyway, because this is the, that, that's probably the number one thing that blocks us and stops us. But when we ask God to forgive us, it, 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 it brings us back into connection, brings us back into fellowship with him. Now what I do from this point on will reveal that I really meant what I said. I really meant 
what I, when I ask him to forgive me, I really meant it from my heart to forgive. You, you, you're forgiven. But how bad you want the relationship? Have I grown in the relationship? Have I progressed in the relationship? Ladies and gentlemen, you could never grow or progress without dying to yourself. The greatest enemy of every relationship that's blocking us from holding the supernatural is selfishness, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, self-reliance. Here's a, here's a perfect example. God, Jesus, brother, Jesus told Peter that he was going to deny him. He could not believe he would deny him. I believe everybody would not, not me. You remember, I'm the one that walked the water. I'm the one that got the revelation from God that you're the son of God. Nobody's got the revelation. So why would you say I would deny you? Based on the Father speaking to me, based on me getting out of the boat, shouldn't I be the one that you say will stand with you but the rest of them will forsake you? He said, before the cock crow, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. Not me. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be self-deceived. Don't believe in yourself. Don't believe in yourself. He said, don't we supposed to believe in ourselves? That's what the world said. That's not what the Bible said. Paul said, in me dwelleth no good thing. In me, in EJ, dwelleth no good thing. The moment I start believing in EJ, I have already failed. I have already failed. That is the boy that's, that's, that, that's going to sin against God. That's the one that's going to manipulate me against God, against Jesus, against the Holy Spirit. The me, the me, the EJ. Oh, but the Christ in me. But the Christ in me. Are, are, are you getting this? So, so, so he wants me to believe in me. If my flesh wants me to believe in myself, no, I'm going to believe in him. I believe him. I believe him. He can't miss it. EJ can miss it. I, EJ will miss it every time, but not him if I depend on him, if I trust him. And that's what Jesus did in doing warfare. So here's Peter didn't believe that he would miss it. Jesus said, before the cock crow, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny me three times. And watch this right here, ladies and gentlemen. And so when, when, when the third time the crop crowed, according to the word of the Lord, Jesus turned over and looked at him. While the Roman soldier had him in prison, had him in chains, looked at him. And they called eyeball to eyeball. They connected eyes. And the Bible says he ran out weeping bitterly. Conviction came. Conviction came. I want to help you here. I want to help you. Fruit. See, it's not just I repent. Saying the word I repent. Ladies and it's, it's coming back in the relationship so you can progress in the relationship. And you can't progress in the relationship if you live for yourself. If you don't have the right perspective of all relationship. We're to honor one another. We're to serve one another. We're to exalt one another. We're to build one another. We're to strengthen one another. You're not going to do that if you feel like you're being duped. If you feel like you're being manipulated, if you feel like you're being cheated, you're not going to do that. These are enemies of spiritual warfare, enemies of you progressing in the realm of the spirit, enemies of you tapping into the realm of the spirit. When Jesus rose from the dead and, and um, uh, uh, before he ascended on how to, to take his blood before the throne and come back down, he, he spoke to me and said, tell uh, Peter, tell, the, tell them I have risen and tell Peter also. Why? Because he knew Peter was under great condemnation. He was under great condemnation. Peter was under great guilt. Peter was under great shame because he didn't think he would deny Jesus. Jesus already knew it. This is really how you and I grow. Our love is developed by being in the midst of these kind of relationships, and we can still do the right thing. We've got to get set free from our emotions, set free from our feelings, all of us. Set free from our emotions and feelings, and and we live by obedience to Jesus. Not our, living by obedience to our emotions, obedience to our feelings, uh, obedience to Him, our conviction and our commitment to Him, ladies and gentlemen. To Him, you stay. You're married to your spouse because of your obedience to Him. You're a parent to your children because of your obedience to Him. You're submitted to your pastor at your church because you're obedient to Him. You are submitted to your parents because of your obedience to him. You are submitted to your spiritual parents because of your obedience to him. Not your parents, not your spouse, not your children, 
not your pastor, not your boss, it's him. That must become a reality in order for you to be successful in spiritual warfare. Your life belongs to him. Your life belongs to your spouse. Your life belongs to him. Your, li- your life does not belong to your parents. Because parents will tell you quick, especially women, mothers, I birthed you. I carried you for nine months. Why do you think parents and mothers say that? Put a guilt trip on their children to manipulate them to do what they want them to do. No, you carried that child for Jesus for nine months. You gave birth to, to that child in this room for Jesus. For Jesus. No, 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 not, not for you, for Jesus. If that don't become a reality, parents, then you're going to continue to sin against God, and then you cannot raise your children up in the fear and ammunition of the Lord because your folk, you're going to, you're going to always manipulate your children, put their, their focus on you and not Jesus. You're going to get your reward for carrying that child for nine months for the Lord. If, 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 if you don't have the revelation it's for the Lord, then you get your reward. You will get your reward, the hell that you will receive from your children for <laughs> all the days of your life. But you do it for the Lord, the Lord will do it for you. The Lord will grace you. The Lord will favor you. The Lord will bless you when you understand that I'm doing this for him. And so, therefore, I'm going to sacrifice myself for him. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that the moment that you have children, your life has totally shifted? Your life has shifted. Your, your, otherwise, you, you, uh, really, your life is gone. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. You can't, you can't do the stuff that you used to do when you have a child. Because i got to stay home and take care of the child. If you, don't understand, if you have a mother's mentality, you will be frustrated. See, a lot of mothers will birth children, but they, have, they, they don't have a mother's mentality. They still have a, uh, uh, a single person or a, a mentality of a young lady that never been pregnated or never had a child. You gotta, you gotta, that's how we grow. We have to shift. Now, you know, by us getting on this right here, the Lord is ministering to several people because we know you probably prophetic in nature. He's ministering to several people uh, um, that is connected to us with this radio audience today. But getting back to Peter, when Jesus rose and when, when Jesus met Peter after he rose from the dead, then Jesus um, said, Peter, lovest thou me? And what was Peter's response? See, Peter's response is what I get from some people, some of my spiritual sons and daughters, and people that's close to me, I ask them that I, from time to time, and if I tell them you don't love me, Boy, you talking about getting angry, upset, mad. Oh, uh, how can you say I don't love you? You know why I say that? I know they don't. I know they have a love for me. It's one thing to have a love for somebody and to love somebody. To have a love for somebody and to love somebody. You can't love nobody as long as you're selfish. You can never love anybody when you're self-centered, self-righteous, self-reliant. It's about you, 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 you. Everything is governed around you. You don't love. It's impossible to love. And that is nothing but a revelation that you don't love God because it's reflected in your earthly relationship. They get upset with me. And, 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 but I know why they get upset because I know they don't understand. They think they understand, but I know they don't understand. So Jesus asked Peter, said, Peter, love is out me. Peter responds, yea, Lord, I love you. He said, then what? Feed my sheep. He said, what? Feed my sheep. He said, what? Feed my sheep. So he asked him again, Peter, lovest thou me? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. What was the second thing again? Feed my sheep. What he, was, what, he, what he was saying. I'm going to break it down in a few minutes here. You cannot feed my sheep, Peter, if, 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 there, if you don't love me. It's your love for me that's going to cause you to forget about you and lay your life down for the sheep. Peter, it was the lack of love for me that caused you to deny me. Now, Jesus didn't say any of that stuff. He didn't even have to say that because Peter already knew. And the third time, he got frustrated with Jesus. Peter, love is on me. Yeah, Lord, you, well, you, you know it. Thou know it. You know everything. 
Tell me if I love you. That's basically what he was saying. He, he got frustrated. You ever see people get frustrated? Because of condemnation, guilt, shame. So they get out of character. You, you, you know. Why, why are you asking me? You, and I get this from time to time. Well, you, you know everything anyway. Uh, I, 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 I'm always, I'm always wrong anyway. You always know that, you know. See, that's what I get from, from, not, not, not everybody. Because the majority of people I'm really sure with, they have do have a great level of respect. It's just usually the ones that end up getting familiar, which reveals something on their about their character and their heart. Are, are you getting this, ladies? I'm, I'm trying to help you. Now, here's what Jesus was saying to him. I'm going to tell you why you really, really denied me. I'm going to tell you why. When you go study, uh, search that scripture out, those of you that have time, he said, Peter, do you agape me? Go back and notice Peter's response in the, in the original language, ladies and gentlemen. He said, yes, Lord, you know I phileo you. Ask him again, three times. Peter, do you agape me? Yes, Lord, I phileo you. I have friendship love for you. Not sacrificial love for you. See, Jesus um, was speaking to Peter, introducing to Peter a new kind, a new dimension of love, which he demonstrated before Peter. And though, and he, he died for the world. It was his love for God, agape, that died for the world. So he was introducing a, 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 a dimension of love that Peter experienced but did not understand. And that's happened with a lot of us, ladies and gentlemen. We can experience God, but we got a natural interpretation of the experience. We can what? We can experience God, but we got a natural interpretation out of the experience, a supernatural experience, but I got a natural interpretation. That's what happened with Peter. And he got frustrated. He didn't understand what agape was. Even though it was demonstrated, Jesus demonstrated it. Even in, when, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Peter rise up and cut the, uh, um, the high priest's servant ear off, Jesus picked it up, put the man's ear back on, so come on and arrest me. Go ahead and take me to the cross. Agape. Because he was exercising the will of God. Exercising the will of God. So you don't have to come to the place, ladies and gentlemen, that, that when God challenges us like that, we don't allow ourselves to get out of character. I don't understand it, but yes, Lord. The best of my knowledge, I believe I love you. The best of my knowledge, I, I, I believe I do. If I don't, may the Holy Spirit help me. Give me the grace to love you. I think I do, but give me, if I don't, give me the grace to love you the way I'm supposed to love you. If there's anything contrary, reveal that to me. Show that to me, Father. All of these things, ladies and gentlemen, is, 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 is vital, understanding how to access the realm of the Spirit, pray, intercede, war, and battle, and really, really think about it, knowing who you really are. As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. And so all the things that come against us, come upon us, is designed to perfect us. If we have the right mindset, the right attitude, the right disposition, that we're going to stand. We're going to stand. We're not going to falter. We're not going to fail. And another great enemy, ladies and gentlemen, you fool into the supernatural, is you care more about what people think about you. You really care more about what people think about you. Husbands care more about what their wives think about them. Wives care more about what their husbands think about them. We don't have a relationship with Jesus. In order for me to be successful in my marriage with Kathy, I got to value what the Lord thinks about me more than Kathy. I got the value. And, and, and I personally believe that's why the, the, the divorce rate is so high in the church, ladies and gentlemen, is because of a lack of commitment to Jesus. We're committed to one another. If I'm more committed to Catherine and Catherine more committed to me than we are Jesus, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to last at all, ladies and gentlemen. It's our commitment to him. And out of that should birth a commitment to one another. Are you getting this? 
and then we can be the the the, the two that can put ten thousand to flight. Because who's putting them to flight? God is putting them to flight as a result of our union. One will put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand to flight. But we see a great level of a manipulation war against marriages because of a lack of understanding of kingdom order. So the enemy comes in and destroys our marriages and destroys our children. Because the goal is really not the husband and the wife. The goal is really the children. The devil don't think one person, two people. He thinks generationally. He thinks just like God taught the third and fourth generation. He's thinking at least four generations down the line, let me manipulate you so you can muddle the waters of, of the, your children and your children's children and your children's children's children and your children's 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 children to the fourth generation. Let me block, let me stop, let me manipulate. To stop the generations from coming forth being men and women of the Most High God. That's how you operate. That's spiritual warfare. You cannot do spiritual warfare without a level of measure of strategy, without a level of measure of planning. The enemy always planning against us. But was one thing for me to quote the scripture, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and it's another thing for me to stand for no weapon formed against me to prosper. On the unadulterated, infallible word of the living God, this is, ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, I will do season, I will set time. There's been some, been some significant challenges uh, 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 I won't say significant. There have been some challenges here, but significant progress. Significant progress. But I personally believe that some of the challenges God, I noticed for me, he's allowed to keep me on track and to keep me focused. Not to focus on the blessings, not to focus on the word of God coming to pass, but focus on the God that spoke the word. That your, that your success EJ is contingent upon them. You stand in union and fellowship with me. Not running after the blessing. Not running after what I promise you. But continue to run after me. Thank you, Jesus, for convicting me. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me on track. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace for not allowing me to be manipulated. Warfare, ladies and gentlemen. Warfare. But selfishness is the thing that blocks almost every relationship and stops our progress in the realm of the spirit. So therefore, listen, we cannot trust in ourselves. And, and when you are challenged and you cannot take correction, it is a revelation that you really believe that you're more valuable and you're more important. I'm more valuable. I'm more important. Right there is nothing but a sign of pride. You have already failed. You have already failed. Our success in warfare, once again, is in our humility. It's in what? Our humility. As we humble ourselves, then he can flow through us. As we exalt ourselves, he is hindered. The Bible said God resists the proud. He what? He resists the proud. How many people right now that devil has manipulated us where we're in a resistant state and don't even know that we've been resisted by God? Maybe you have people, many times, you may be sitting up under the word of the Lord when your pastor is ministry, and you get offended. That's pride. All offense comes from Self-importance. Self-importance. How could he be doing this? How could uh, well, Self-importance. You get offended, that means you have not received. You cannot receive when you get offended. All of these are manipulations of the enemy to block you from the revelation of who you are. As he is, so are we in this world. You are great, but the enemy blinds you. And to see yourself the way God sees you, you only can see through humility. You only can see yourself if you humble yourself to see yourself and receive who you really are in Christ. The enemies of the goal is to manipulate you and I to try to exalt ourselves and want people to look at us. And you know how we do that? On our giftings. So we major on our giftings. We major on our function, but we don't major on our purpose. Share this with our congregation on, on Wednesday night. The purpose of every born-again believer is to win souls and disciple men. That's the purpose of God for us. He's saving you. In, but we don't focus on the purpose. We focus on our function, our gifting, our talent. And so we manipulate people. And because of people that lack a spirituality, can't see through that, then they're easily manipulated and deceived. That's the only way I personally believe that Satan was able to draw a third of the angels out of heaven, created beings that created perfect. How in the world could he do that? Should let you know something about him. He got to be very good in what he does. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, we got to stay focused and we cannot allow ourselves to be blinded concerning who we really are. As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. So, therefore, as we is, so as, as we are, so is he. Now, how does scripture go? As he is, so are we. <laughs> then you and I, let's begin to function the way he functioned. Can you live? Can you really, really live in the midst of a Judas without talking about the Judas? Without exposing the Judas? This is how you develop. This is how you grow. As he is, so are we. If Jesus had a Judas, most likely you're going to have a Judas uh, sometime in your life. But how do you treat the Judas? Are you willing to treat the Judas the way Jesus treated the Judas? You're going to have a Peter that's going to deny you. And you're still going to be, and God's going to put you in a situation to still be in relationship with, with your Peter. That would deny you in your weakest hour. That's how we grow. That's how we develop. In your weakest hour, you wasn't there for me. <laughs> Who was there for Jesus in his weakest hours? Every last one of them scattered, ladies and gentlemen. Every last one of them. Every last one of them scattered. Only one betrayed him, but the rest of them denied him. It is scattered. Smack the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So you've got to experience that. So God will allow people that uh, you feel close to you in your time of desperation, in your time of humiliation, in a time of death, and you looking for somebody to comfort you and to aid you, and God allowed them to scatter it. Will you get angry with them? Will you be upset with them and never have anything to do with them? Say, you, I thought you was my friend. Friends don't do this. You know why you say that? Because you don't know the word. Jesus befriend those men. He said, I no longer call you servant but friend. I no longer call you what? Servant but friend. For a servant does not know what his master does. And that's what, why your heart is probably uh, 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 so broken because you have shared intimate secrets with this particular person. Because you, you, you accept them as a friend. And in your weakest hour, they wasn't there for you. And you're crushed. You're crushed. You know why you're crushed? Because you didn't have a biblical perspective of your relationship with that person. You didn't have a biblical perspective. See, if you had a biblical perspective, you would see you operate just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. In the midst of denying him. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. When Jesus rose from the dead, Peter loves thou me. Can you still, still relate to that person and not seeing that God allowed it to happen to expose you? God allowed it to happen for you to grow. God allowed it to happen to take you somewhere. Are you getting this? How are we separated from Jesus? We separate ourselves from Jesus. We, we connect ourselves with Jesus in the signs, wonders, and miracles. We separate ourselves from Jesus when he's suffering and the things he goes through and the pain. And he's showing us a pattern. He's showing us this is how you're going to grow. This is how you're going to develop. When I assign a relationship to you, how many parents have been hurt by their children? It's not a parent alive, I believe, has never been hurt by their children on the face of the earth. Something they did that was disappointed. Something they did, they, they, they didn't like, whatever the case may be. But did you stop being a parent? They just stopped. This is how it works. There's going to be a relationship that God assigned to you, and things are not going to work out the way you do. You think it's not about that. It's about you. You. Being conforming to the image of Jesus. Being what? Conforming to the image of Jesus. Being what? Conforming to the image of Jesus. Oh, man, my time is up. Unless we have somebody that is our prayer. I know the Lord spoke, I touched on quite a few things today. Are you struggling with your, the image of God in you? I didn't say self-image. I didn't say self-esteem. God-esteem. God-image. God-esteem. God-image. Not self-esteem. Self-image. God-esteem. God-image. You struggling? There's probably not a man alive, not a Christian alive, 
that the enemy does not battle in war with your image. With your image. Let me pray for you. If you unless you have uh, a prayer request, this will be a time to go ahead and uh, uh, you can click the number one button if you have a prayer request, and we will pray with you. Let me see in chat here. I got quite a few people in chat today. All right, don't have nobody. Okay, so far, just click it, and uh, we will we will uh, uh, pray with you if you got a specific uh, prayer request. This is what this session is all about, designed to be in the areas of battle and warring. Since we don't have anyone so far, Father, we just thank you for this radio audience that is made in the image and the likeness of God. The God is where has come to blind us from that image. But Lord God, I pray that you remove the blindness from every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice. I thank you right now, O oh God, that you will grace all of us to embrace Christ as our humility, humbling ourselves. Grace us and set us free, O oh God, from self-protection, self-righteousness, self-reliance, that deadly religious spirit, O oh God that we've been operating in for so long, having a form of godliness, but denying the power, embracing hearing the word, and embracing preaching the word, and embracing confessing the word, and we have not embraced living the word. Have mercy upon us and set us free from this spirit and this mentality. We pray even now in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord God, for divine confrontation, not allowing us to be self-deceived, not allowing us, oh God, to, to be manipulated by the forces of darkness and even our flesh. Bring us into healthy relationships, relationships that will not compromise, oh God. You said uh, open rebuke is greater than secret love. Uh, so therefore, Lord God, grace us to have relationships, oh God, that will confront us and to contest us because they love us and bring us to the place of maturity in the body of Christ. When we are confronted, we will humble ourselves because we see Jesus. We hear Jesus. Lord God, we want to uh, grow into the image and the fullness of the stature of Christ. Jesus, the Son of the living God, you are, uh, we already like him internally, but Lord God, we must be like him externally. It must manifest itself through our physical body that men and women and the world can see us, and Lord God, they can glorify the God of creation. They will glorify you, sir. They will magnify you. They will exalt you because now you have manifested sons and daughters of the Most High God in the earth realm. We give you all of the glory, sir, for this radio audience and those that's going to come back by archive. Lord, under the sound of my voice, let the Spirit of God penetrate. Let the Spirit of God root up and root out. Let the Spirit of God destroy. Let the Spirit of God tear down. And let the Spirit of God build up. And let the Holy Ghost strengthen and let the Holy Spirit conform to the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let your glory be upon your sons and daughters. Grace them, O God, to be carriers of your glory. Because they have come to the place they refuse to steal your glory. They have come to the place they want to glorify you in everything that they do say. Lord, I thank you for every marriage under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for every test and every trial that you've taken every marriage through. And I thank you for more than anything causing these spouses to stand. To stand, oh God, and to hold on to you, not their spouse, to you. And open their eyes and allow them to see what you have been doing in their lives. We thank you, Lord God, for taking what the enemy meant for evil concerning marriages in the body. Turn this thing around for your good. Turn it around for your glory, that you raise up marriages, that other marriages, oh God, on the outside of the kingdom will come to the kingdom as a result of marriages that stood the test of time. Families, raise up families, re-strengthen families, restore families, restore children to parents and parents to children in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord God, we thank and we pray for breaking through every family under the sound of my voice in the name of the Lord Jesus. Heal the family unit. Heal the family structure in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for doing this thing, Lord God, and we give you glory, sir. We give you honor, give you praise for the mighty move of the spirit of the living God. We speak the Lordship of Christ over every family. We speak the Lordship of Christ over every family, the preeminency of Christ over every family, the supremacy of Christ over every family. Now, in Jesus' mighty name, 
I call every family and every marriage reconciled in harmony and favor with the most high God. I speak it, I decree it, and I declare it to be so. And I seal them now by the blood of Jesus. It is done, settled, and sealed in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we really love you and appreciate you. We're coming down, winding down to the end of, uh, of this month, coming to a close of a quarter. Join us on the last Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday of the month, 5.30 a.m. in the morning. It's nothing like getting up and refreshing yourself in a time of prayer, intercession and warfare, time of encouragement in the word of the Lord, and battling and war on the behalf of humanity. It's not about us. It's about humanity. As you and I do that, God will reward you for your labor of love. Your labor of love is not in vain, ladies and gentlemen. I'm saying it again. Your labor of love is not in vain. God has honored your prayers. You have not seen anything yet because he's testing you. He uses time. You, he's seeing if you're doing it for a reward or if you're doing it because you love him. Are you committed to him because you love him? You're doing it because you love him or are you looking for a payday? A payday will automatically come to you as a result of your commitment. Matter of fact, this is the year of payday. God is going to pay you back for your years of loyalty, commitment, and your faithfulness to him. But if it's been to your church, if it's been to your pastor, if it's been to your wife, and been to your husband, your children, then you will get any, nothing from the Lord because your motive is wrong. Your focus got to be him. And may the Lord God of the heavens, the earth, the world, and all they that, they that dwells therein, Bring you to the place that you have ordained upon and known you to be. We love and appreciate you. We do continue to solicit your prayers. Pray for us. Pray for this radio broadcast. I ask it that you do that. I do it for you every day. We love and appreciate you until Monday. Now, we have canceled our Wednesday uh, day, uh, day session at the, uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, it's just too much for us. Uh, we in the midst of restructuring, reorganizing, and uh, so uh, uh, putting some things in place. So uh, we'll just be doing the Monday and Tuesday at 6 p.m. and the Saturday noon. We love and appreciate you. Once again, we thank God for your covenant relationship, covenant with us on this radio broadcast. And we just pray that the Lord God will return it to you 1,000-fold. This has been your uh, radio host, uh, Dr. E. J. McKenzie with the Master Key. Let the rest of your Saturday be blessed and refreshing. And may your Sunday uh, service tomorrow be filled with the presence of God, the glory of God. And we, may Jesus be Lord in your services on tomorrow. And may the Lord use your man and woman of God exceedingly abundantly above all they are able to ask or think according to the power that is at work on the inside of them. Stand and do not be moved. Once again, this is your host, Dr. Jimmy Kiss, the Master Key. God bless you.